Welcome to the Therapist on Fire podcast, where I interview leaders in allied healthcare, entrepreneurs, and those on the path to financial independence. In this episode, I interview Dr. Meredith Kasten, the founder of the nonclinicalpt.com and co-founder of newgradphysicaltherapy.com. This episode is about discovering your non-clinical passion and making it happen. Meredith walks us through how she used one blog post to reach 400,000 readers and launch her non-clinical business. She even shares in-depth SEO tips, tools, and several recommended non-clinical positions that you'll love to learn about. Wanting to know how to graduate debt-free from PT school? Stay tuned to the very end where she walks us through her strategy to graduate with no debt. Welcome everyone to the Therapist on Fire podcast. I am so excited to be with Meredith Kasten. She is the co-founder of New Grad Physical Therapy and now has started her brand new website called the Non-Clinical PT. Thank you, Meredith, for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really stoked to be here. Well, you have like an amazing story, Meredith, and I just want you to share the new grad physical therapy and how that process got started. Oh, thanks. Yes. So it all started when I was about, I think, three years out of PT school, and I had tried pretty much every setting possible and was not really feeling like clinical care was working for me. And in some settings, I really, really enjoyed the patient care aspects of it, but then the productivity expectations were just absurd. And in other settings, I wasn't really enjoying the actual patient care part of it. There was something about that that wasn't really as enjoyable for me, but then it was way more flexible. And so after hopping around for about three years, I just sort of realized that it wasn't something I wanted to do long-term. And I found it just kind of physically and emotionally demanding. And and the main thing I think that made me realize that I wanted to do something else is that I had already had a taste of doing something else. Because before I ever became a physical therapist, I actually was a web designer and copywriter at a website company in town that does medical, legal, and dental websites. And so I already had had this taste of another life and went to PT school as as a second career and sort of had, was starting to miss my old life. And so once I started putting it out there, this is going to sound a little bit woo-woo, but I really believe that when you put things out into the universe, the universe will listen and open some doors for you. And so I think once I started putting it out there and admitting it to myself and to other people that I wanted to try something else, that I wasn't sure I could stay in clinical care long-term, that's when things started happening instead of instead of me just sort of hopping from setting to setting, hoping that something would work out. And so I met someone named Brett who I worked with at Scripps Mercy. We were working together here in San Diego and he was actually a student at the time. And he ended up accepting a full-time job or I'm sorry, he, he took a part, wait, it was a per diem job actually at the hospital. And he immediately wanted to do a website for new PTs. And he already knew someone who had done an optometry website and said, you know, this person will guide us and all we have to do is create the content and sort of build the, build the writers. And so he said, are you interested? And I said, sure. And so that was the thing. I already knew that I liked writing. I had been a copywriter at another job, but when I say I was a copywriter at the other job, I really was a website person. They just used to use me to fill in when they would get overloaded with content and they would, they would need someone to write something. And so I was kind of a a junior copywriter. It wasn't 
it wasn't really my main title. My, my title was web design. So anyway, I knew that I liked to write and that it came pretty naturally. And so, so I ended up writing a lot of the early articles and then helping him find writers for the early articles. And then he, under his friend Matt's um, tutelage, basically was able to build the content marketing side of things. And so NGPT ended up, when I say taking off, it, it took off in a way where it wasn't immediately financially successful, but it was definitely immediately kind of caught fire in the PT community and people wanted to get involved. And so it was really, really enjoyable. And that process ended up landing me some writing assignments. And I was able to, I really never used my experience. People always ask this question, well, you were a copywriter beforehand, did that help you? Mm -hmm. And it really didn't because it was before PT school and it wasn't my title. My, my title was a web designer. So um, I wasn't really able to parlay that experience into getting any writing gigs, but I was able to, to parlay the NGPT exposure to start getting these writing gigs through places like Creative Circle and Aquent. And those are creative staffing agencies here in San Diego. And so while we were building NGPT and I was getting my name out there, I was also able to support um, myself financially by re- these writing assignments. And then I had a per diem rehab liaison job. So I don't know if I'm telling the story in a way. No, no, you are doing amazing. Basically, what I'm getting out of this is one, take the leap. You know, you didn't know that much about developing this audience, but you and Brett, you took the leap and you saw that there was a market where people weren't getting what they wanted. And you saw that and you just said, I'm going to try. And that that can pay off in dividends and massively change your life. And I think... It, it almost sounds like, too, you found this writing talent as well. Because I've seen a couple of your blog posts. And if anyone goes to NGPT, they will see that you have several blog posts where over 10,000 people have viewed and read your posts, which is amazing. <laughs> it's you. really amazing. Well, you, that has now transitioned you right to the non-clinical PT website, correct? Yes. And, and I think where that all transitioned was actually when I was writing all of these posts about career growth, it, it was interesting because new grad optometry, the optometry site was, is very clinically oriented and there is also career growth. And so we initially planned to make ours similar, very clinically oriented, but with Brett being a new grad and me being frankly, not that into clinical care, it naturally evolved into what they always say, write what you know. And so for me, it evolved into writing about career journeys, resumes, cover letters, how to interview, all of those things that make a lot of people really nervous. But I had so much experience from jumping around that I felt really comfortable in those areas. Plus, I have the added benefit of a sister who is a career counselor and career coach. So I would end up writing about all of these topics where there wasn't anybody else. There were a lot of other people writing about clinical growth for um, PTs and doing it better than I ever could. But there was nobody writing about growing your career as a physical therapist. And so that was sort of sort of where I was able to build out my niche and, and make my name known. And so I also started getting a lot of people calling in and wanting to chat, do these informational interviews, which as an aside, I think are one of the most important things you can do in your career is have inter- informational interviews. Definitely. But people would call for these informational interviews and I'm a chatty Kathy as you've probably experienced. <laughs> and so these interviews would go on for over an hour at a time, every time. And I was really enjoying them. And I, 
I really wanted to have a non-clinical division of our parent company. Basically, the the founder of New Grad Optometry also had a parent company called Covalent Careers. I eventually ended up working for them. That was part of this process. Um, But I really wanted to do a non-clinical division because I realized that most people who reached out with an actual problem, a problem that needed to be solved, wanted to get out of patient care or at least have a set of non-clinical skills so that when they did want to transition out because of an injury or having children or whatever, um, they would have that backup plan, a plan B so that they could do something else. And nobody really had those resources and I wasn't able to do that. They said, it's really not part of our business model. So we had sort of an amicable parting of ways where I said, okay, I'm going to focus on, on my writing career and then also build out a little site just so that when I leave NGPT and Covalent Careers, the people who wanted help in these informational interviews would have somewhere to go. And so that's when I launched the non-clinical PT. It was in October of 2017. And as soon as I launched it, I happened to release kind of my parting gift to NGPT and Covalent Careers. It was this big article on the state of the PT industry and how burnout is running rampant in our field. And I included a little link to the website and that article went viral and I think it's up to like 400,000 views or something. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Yes. Something that I never would have imagined would have ever, ever, ever happened. Much less with an article that was my first stab at, I guess, investigative journalism. And so, but I think it was a topic that really resonated with PTs because a lot of us have struggled with burnout. And um, you, I can imagine being a travel therapist, probably don't experience as much of the burnout because you have that constant change. But people who are stuck in the same job for many years, I think it's almost a surprise when they don't face a level of burnout at some point. So this article really resonated with people. And a lot of people came in through my link. I just said, you know, I'm, I didn't say I'm leaving the company, but I did say (laughs) that I'm watching this website. And if anybody wanted to reach out and connect and has had questions, they could use this, this site. And so that thing exploded. And that's what ended up happening as I started getting tons and tons and tons of people reaching out. And I realized that my, my philosophy is always, if there's a problem and you can actually successfully solve it, then um, you're in good shape for having any form of business. And, and so I started thinking of it as something that could evolve into more of a business instead of a hobby. And so that's kind of what ended up happening a few, a few months later, it's now we're recording this in May of 2018. And I literally a couple of weeks ago was able to make the leap to working only as a freelance writer and then running my site. And so that's been kind of the journey of how everything got started. That is amazing. Well, congratulations on making the full-fledged leap all the way out of clinical care Thank and you. into non-clinical. I mean, your story is inspiring. And I also just think we're so lucky to have you provide this information because I know I have definitely faced burnout. And that's one of the reasons why I began my non-clinical adventures with self-publishing and my website. And now this podcast is because of that, because I think having something to call your own, Uh owning it, there's something about that that gives you inspiration that helps you wake up and it changes your mentality. And it's something that you can control. You know, when we go to work nine to five, we can't control, we could get fired at any minute. You know, they could 
um, charge us for X amount and all these things. And there's so much liability and healthcare is changing. And I don't think it's going up. I think it's going down. And it's especially for PTs, it's becoming more and more difficult, you know, maintaining the volume of patients, but yet Medicare is reimbursing less. And so I think you have found this amazing niche where people are able to discover their hidden talents and you're able to forward them into other career routes and other paths where they can use their hidden talents like you did with copywriting and writing and and find these new careers. What do you think are some of the most common questions you get asked about non-clinical careers or just in general? One of the biggest ones I get asked is what else can I do? All I can all I know how to do is a is physical therapy or occupational therapy or speech therapy even. And people see themselves as clinicians and they say, I would love to do something else. I just don't know what. And yeah. it's so funny because as clinicians and with our, um, if, with our doctoral level of training, we have so much knowledge that we can share with the world and everybody's got a different set of skills and talents. And so my answer is always, you can do so many things. What what do you want to do? What do you feel like comes naturally to you? And then those are the main two. It's what do you want to do and what comes naturally to you? Mm -hmm. But then um, I like to find out what people feel like are their natural strengths on the job. So for some people, they say, I'm really good at getting my paperwork done. Mm -hmm. Or other people say, I'm terrible at getting my paperwork done, but I'm just, I have a phenomenal way of building rapport with people. And so then if somebody says, oh, I have a phenomenal way of building rapport, then that's someone I would recommend to go into maybe a care transitions coordinator or rehab liaison role or marketing, something where they're, they're using their interpersonal skills and their relationship building skills to market in the healthcare world. And yeah. those roles often go to nurses and often they go to PT assistants and OT assistants, but, but PTs and OTs don't know about the roles or they don't go for those roles. And so it's interesting people don't know about them. They say, Oh, I don't have a marketing background. I don't have a business degree. And it's not about having the marketing background or the business degree. It's about having transferable skills that you can prove will match that job. And, um, so a lot of it is, is just identifying those transferable skills. So then another route, if somebody says I am phenomenal with my documentation and I can spot an inconsistency a mile away, then I think, Oh, utilization reviewer, chart, chart auditor, Those jobs are, are fantastic. And, and then sometimes they say, but I only see those ones listed for nurses. But what's interesting, you made a really good point. You said healthcare is kind of in a, in a decline in a sense. And it is unfortunate. The silver lining to that is that a PT who can't or doesn't want to stay in a setting where they're getting tasked with more and more volume of patients has the flip side, the silver lining, is that there are all of these jobs of doing chart reviews. And someone who's really good at that can actually, I'm, I'm trying to put this delicately because sometimes people look at a, a chart reviewer or a utilization reviewer as the enemy. And that is not the case. I've actually had extensive conversations with a number of them and they say they're not out to decline every case and they're not out to, um, to cut people's benefits. They're out to ensure that we uphold the practice act of PT. And so it's basically saying somebody needs physical therapy to make functional gains. And they're just making sure that the person is getting the physical therapy treatments that they need to make functional gains. And once I heard it explained to me that way, it made a lot more sense what they do, why it's important. And 
he said it's an actually the most recent one that I spoke with said it's actually an extremely interesting, fulfilling role. And a lot of these roles are remote. And so that's another phenomenal career choice. A lot of people want to be writers. People are entrepreneurs like yourself. And I've met a number and that's why I'm so excited that you said you're doing this podcast and I'm incredibly honored to be on it. But there are so many people being PT entrepreneurs out there and it's just overwhelming. And so many other different paths. You can go in user experience and have you heard of that? that no, no. Tell us about that. This is like a gold mine. Everyone listen <laughs> really, really closely because all these roles, I have had some contact with these careers, but you, you to diverge just a minute is you are exactly right. When I go on Indeed and when I go on these job searches, they all say nurses. And I, I think one of the points is that even if it says that still apply, still yes. for it, yes. even yes. in my yes. travel career, you know, they always say you need two years of experience or you need this, but you go on that interview and you rock it and you help and you share your passion, you share your experience, you share your knowledge Yes, and, and that will, that will really change their mindset. And also the more people that do this, they'll start putting PT, OT, these other careers on that job application, they'll start to realize that we are extremely knowledgeable in the medical profession and that we should be included in these job routes. Absolutely. And that is already happening because I have a Facebook group for for non-clinical job seekers. And so anytime someone sees a job that they think looks good for a therapist of any sort, they'll, they'll reach out to me. And sometimes they'll say, this looks perfect, but it would be for an RN. And so then I contact the company and say, have, have you ever thought about filling this with a therapist? And especially if I know for a fact that the company has filled it with a therapist, I'll ask them to update their job posting. And I've had some success with that where people will then go and update the job postings. And so that's what I'm hoping will happen with, with other jobs. You had asked what, what user experience is. And yeah. so that's one that I think is so exciting. And for occupational therapists and physical therapists like this one and speech therapists too, I actually know a speech therapist. Her name is Bethany Rubaki. I hope I'm saying her name right, but she ended up going into user experience from her speech language pathology background and is killing it. And it's because we are trained in our education to be extremely user focused. Yeah. Um, everything we do from the goal writing to the patient education, to the training, the caregiver education, we are, we are laser focused on seeing things from the user perspective. And so that is what user experience is. It's taking software or taking devices and making sure that they are being properly designed with the user in mind. And so a lot of us would make really good fits. I see your eyebrows raising. Yeah, that's so, is that sort of like a little bit like a blend of like ergonomics and uh, biomedical engineering, except not with an engineering degree? It's, it's similar, yes, because ergonomics is more kind of workstation setup and mm-hmm. it's, it's more of a holistic thing. They're definitely hand in hand because you'll see professionals go back and forth between those two fields all the time. I would say that ergonomics is more, you would think about workstation setups. How is this chair or this desk or this monitor placement or this, this factory workers standing station? How are these things contributing to injury versus if you're doing user experience, you might do an audit of somebody's mobile device. So let's say it's a, a website and they have the scroll button on the left-hand side of their interface. But mm-hmm. then we know as PTs, you hold the phone, most of us with the right hand, and you're going to want that scroll button near the right thumb because if you have 
to reach all the way across the screen with your thumb, then you're more likely to develop decoir veins or one of those kind of hand overuse injuries. And so that's where our knowledge and expertise would come into play, where we're able to immediately look at that and, and identify what's going on with it. And so a fun kind of side story is that I was in a focus group recently for a user experience. It was basically a user experience study for a mobile device. And that's exactly what happened is they said, what do you think is wrong with this interface? Mm -hmm. And immediately the PT and me, I was like, the scroll's on the wrong side. And, um, and everybody else was just sort of sitting there and it's not that they weren't smart or anything. It's just that they're not PTs and they're not thinking about first thing I thought about is how that person's poor thumb having to stretch (laughs) over to the left side the whole time. And obviously if you're left-handed, you'd be, but the world is, it's a right-handed world. And so, um, and so those are the things that I think clinicians, we clinicians need to be doing a lot of work to, to really carefully dissect a job description and say, I'm looking at these skills and I'm looking at these qualifications and taking physical therapy degree out of the equation, do I know how to do this? And if you know how to do it or, you, or you're even 50% qualified, let's be honest, um, then it's probably worth applying. And oh, they've also... Yes. I I don't know if you've heard about, there was an article that was released and I wish I could remember which article it was. And uh, a colleague of mine, Melissa, who by the way, is a non-clinical PT at Leaf Healthcare, which is, she's just killing it. She's a clinical trainer, but she sent me an article and it was talking about how men will apply for a job when they meet, I think 50% or so of the qualifications. And then women will only apply when they meet like 70 something percent of the qualifications. Wow! And that's how I think we're a female dominated profession. And I think that many of us take that approach to these jobs. We'll say, oh gosh, you know, I meet most of these qualifications, but I don't have that RN license skip. And that's what we need to be doing is saying, how do we convince the hiring managers to look at us as every bit as qualified as an RN. I think we definitely are. And, and I applaud you for, for being such a proponent for this profession (laughs) and getting us in there because I've actually been one of those people where I've, I've looked at jobs and, and I've literally been like, Oh, I would love to do that, but I'm not qualified. And so as a result, I've chosen not to apply and you're making me regret my decision. (laughs) (laughs) No, but but it's you where you are now. And this is, uh, I'm so excited by what you're doing. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I think, I think you're right though. I think, and, and this can be clinical or it could be non-clinical. Like mm-hmm. I want, you know, the listeners to know that, that just take the leap in, in entrepreneurism, in, in your jobs, in anything, take that leap and just apply because application, it costs nothing. It's free. And yes. then you get on that phone call and with that phone call or that interview, whatever it may be, that's when you can learn about this profession, learn about those different careers and ask more questions. So I think, I think go outside of your comfort zone and you'll find amazing rewards. Definitely. Definitely. This is so true. This is so true. And I can't agree enough with that statement. <laughs> now let's get to your business a little bit. Sure. What are, are what were some of your biggest fears or challenges transitioning into being like 100% non-clinical? Sure. Um, so the initial non-clinical transition, I think, and this is before I ever started the non-clinical PT, but I faced a lot of judgment from people. And I'll never forget going to CSM, I believe it was 2015, And I spoke with a woman there and was introduced and I was really excited to chat with her and just kind of make, make 
chit chat as I like to do. And she, I asked her what she did and she told me about her clinical pursuits. And then she asked what I did. And I said, Oh, I launched a website for new PTs and it's uh, devoted to helping them grow themselves career-wise and clinically. And she goes, Oh, a website. And I said, yes. And she goes, and you're a PT, like you went and got your PT degree. And I said, yes, I did. And she said, what a waste. And I, for some reason that really cut deep. And, um, and that wasn't the, the only time it happened. It wasn't the first time that happened. It happened with friends. It happened with PT classmates. I've now been out for eight years, but those first couple of years back in around 2013, when I was first telling the universe that I was looking to do something else, people were like, why did you go to PT school? What were you thinking? And, and so I think my biggest challenge during that time was that I was making those external judgmental voices, my own internal inner inner critic. And I think that's really important for us to recognize when we start internalizing other people's criticisms is that it's oftentimes not us. That's the problem. It's the, the person has some reason that they feel the need to criticize you. And at the time it was much harder for me to let that kind of criticism roll off my back because I hadn't done in my eyes, I hadn't done anything other yeah. than start this little website. I used, to, I used to call it my little website. And I'm, I think that was part of the problem as I was feeding into that. And I was like, well, I'm not doing clinical care anymore because I started a little website. And it's now, I mean, it's a pretty dominating force in the field. And even once it hit that point, I was still calling it my little website. And, and so it was one of those things where I hit a shift at one point and started this is going to sound again, super woo woo, but I think I started to just want to be my own best friend in the, in the process instead of my own worst enemy. And I was thinking nobody else is doing this. Nobody else has any guidance as they do this. And this is where we're starting the non-clinical PT really started to um, come to come to fruition. And where I really started to create my mission and my vision with the business Mm -hmm. Because I realized that after I came out, so to speak, all these other people started coming out of their respective closets. I guess that's a good way to put it. But they started coming out to me and saying, you know, I'm not happy either. And I'm still a student or I'm doing my clinicals and I don't think this is right for me. And all of these people had similar personality traits. Many of them were extremely bubbly, extremely empathetic, extremely kind people. And I was thinking, I know why. It's because you're getting sucked dry by by the negativity that's in the field and you're getting sucked dry by the patient satisfaction expectations when people treat you very rudely sometimes. And that was what sort of lit the fire under my ass to get this thing up and running because I was like, people need this. And one day I had a conversation with my husband and I I said to him, "I, I really wish there were someone that I could turn to because I have so many questions about what to do. And he was like, you're that person. You are, you are. (laughs) Thank you. And and that was actually what was part of choosing the name, the non-clinical PT, because I realized that I had somehow built this presence and through all of my struggles and being really open about it and writing about it and doing these informational interviews with people who wanted to know what I had done and everything else, I realized I had become kind of the go-to source. And that is what drives my mission and what drives my vision is is very much that I just really, really, really want to make things easier on people when they want a way out from the emotional support that you need when you're feeling the judgment and you're judging yourself to the actual information, to the coursework that you want to take to get there, to the support with your resume and your LinkedIn and your cover letter, to the confidence and 
generally speaking, I just want to be kind of the go-to resource and, and hopefully that's what keeps happening. Well, it, it, it just sounds like you have a wealth of information and, you know, we are all going to be your biggest fans. And I think we <laughs> yeah. can all be each other's biggest fans, you know, Absolutely. help each other grow. We are all in this together. We all want everyone to succeed. And I think, I think you just wanting to help people, that's the best step in any um, clinician or entrepreneur's journey is to just try to provide as much help and as resources and people are going to realize, oh my God, Meredith is amazing. She knows what she's doing. I need her to, to help me with that transition. And and I think it's it's okay to ask for help. I definitely think that that's something that I struggle with. But I think it's having a mentor and having someone guide you and empower yes. you makes a big difference. Whether it be, you know, Meredith, myself, a friend, a fellow uh, allied health healthcare professional, your loved one, someone that can have your back. Because this world is, it, it's a cruel world sometimes. And, yeah. and you know, with Facebook and the media, you can look and think that everyone has, has everything together and they don't, you know, we're all going through this process and trying to figure it out and to have someone that can help figure it out for you. And even faster too, you know, by using say your resources, someone could, instead of trying to spend years transition, they could transition in six months or I don't know, even a couple of weeks, depending on if the right job is out there for you. And I think that is is massive too to get that help, get that knowledge to Definitely. jumpstart your career so much faster. But you know, your challenges I think is what a lot of people face. And I think those people that question and sort of judge, I think also they're maybe not up on the times. Right. You know, people have to realize that the internet, media, podcasts, people are are hungry for knowledge and and this is sort of the wave of the future and you were just ahead of your time. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that is something that I'm I'm noticing more and more is that a lot of times the people who are in I guess in kind of a pioneer role, they do get criticized and so I'm not trying to say that I'm this massive pioneer, <laughs> life-changing person, but but I know that I'm I'm kind of an early adopter in the idea of leveraging your degree in a non-clinical setting. And the more people are talking about it, it's getting more and more accepted. And now people are getting really, really excited by the idea. And I'm seeing the same thing in your industry with travel PT, because I remember back in the day, back in the day when I was in school, was ten, <laughs> I started 10 years ago. And I remember that they were saying, do not travel when you're a new grad. It is mm-hmm. absolutely unwise. And now people are traveling right out of school and they're doing it for very different reasons now because we're drowning in debt when we come out of school. Yes. It's, it's terrible. And people are doing it partially out of necessity and they're finding that they're doing fantastic in that role. And so initially you might've faced a lot of judgment being a newer grad going into travel, whereas now a newer grad going into travel is celebrated and embraced and you just see it everywhere. And so I just, I see changes like this all the time and it's, it's actually really exciting. You were, you were talking about supporting each other and that has been my favorite, favorite, favorite part of this entire process is that I've met more incredible people than I can count who are all doing these unique pioneering things in physical therapy and occupational therapy and speech therapy. And it's just so exciting to watch. Oh, definitely. It it definitely is. So listeners for this are varied listeners. They're entrepreneurs, they're clinicians. So I want to lead into another question here. What are your two favorite tools or resources that helped you either create your various websites or helped you transition into this business? Oh, that's good. 
So tools or resources, meaning I, I would say anything, website okay. designing, um, uh, the theme, um, pictures, yes. anything you want to. Well, I am a huge fan of WordPress. And then I would say, so WordPress is a content management system. So that's a system that manages your website's backend. Um, and <laughs> that always makes me chuckle because it sounds so dirty. <laughs> but it's basically, if you're going to write a blog post or you're going to put up an image or you're going to do anything, it's the system that manages it. So it's not the hosting of the site itself. It's the content management system. I love WordPress, but I'm a former web designer. So it comes naturally to me to be tinkering around in the HTML. Um, other people, I've heard really good things about Wix and uh, Squarespace mm-hmm. too. But I would say having a good content management system that you really understand is invaluable. And there are all sorts of classes you can take on Udemy to learn these skills. So that would be one thing. And another piece of technology that I guess I wouldn't call it technology, but it's a skill is search engine optimization. And that I learned a lot of it on the job. I've had two different roles where I've used it a lot. And so I've been very blessed. And I also have a mentor who's taught me a lot about that. I work as an editor for her website and she's sort of taken me under her wing and has given me some insights as far as how SEO is really important. And so I find that because I get so much of my traffic for my site from search with intent. So basically people go into Google and they put in what else can I do with a physical therapy degree or something, something where they're looking for an answer and they're ready to take action I feel like I've grown a lot more quickly than if I had taken a strategy that was not search with intent driven. Definitely. Okay. I'm going to force you here to share like (laughs) two SEO secrets because I think that I want to just provide so much content and so much information people. So you, you have two secrets for SEO. Okay. So my first secret would be know your audience, because if you understand your audience, then you know what they're going to be searching to find you. And so once you know what they're going to be searching, so in your case, it would be travel physical therapy or can new grads do travel physical therapy or all of these different people you're working with are going to be like, am I cut out for physical therapy or sorry, travel physical therapy? Mm -hmm. So many different questions. So you want to make a list of all of those different terms that someone might be searching and then find a good search engine tool. And I, I use a really bare bones version. It's a free extension on Chrome Keyword. And I can find it too. I'll put all the, I'm going to put Meredith's like Facebook group, her website, everything in the show notes. So anything really amazing and key we've talked about here is going to be in the show notes um, later. So you guys can look at that for more information, but Ooh, those are good. Those are good, good tips. Oh, thanks. So yeah, I have keywords everywhere. Yeah. The keywords everywhere. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Keywords can- everywhere, everyone. Yeah. And the way, the way you can use it is, is so easy. It's just a little extension. You put it on your browser and you can put in your, your phrase. So let's say you put in travel physical therapy, pediatrics. Let's say someone's like, are there travel physical therapy jobs in pediatrics? Then not only does it tell you the monthly search volume, so you can get an idea pretty quickly if there's like zero people per month searching for it versus 5,000 people per month. It'll tell you the competition and it'll tell you the average cost per click. And I don't, to be perfectly honest, I don't pay attention to the cost per click because I never want to use that. And I don't pay attention too much to the competition because I don't really use high volume search words on my main meaty content because not that many people are searching for getting out of patient care or something like that. But the ones who are, are super, super motivated. So it's been very effective for me to go for the search terms that are maybe not the highest volume but they do have zero competition. And then 
the areas where I know that there's a lot of intent. So I kind of blend search engine optimization, the cold, hard facts, the numbers Mm -hmm. with that user focus that I'm used to doing with PTs. And then I, I just put myself back into my shoes from five years ago and say, what was I searching when I was frantically Googling going, what else can I do with my degree? (laughs) Alternative jobs for physical therapists. And then I just start writing articles around those terms. And then I make sure that those articles are really, really, really good. And and I refresh them regularly. Oh my gosh. I just learned so much from that one little bit there. Um, (laughs) So I have one more question for you. So I know you are debt-free. Can you sort of tell the listeners how you became debt-free? Sure, sure. So that was kind of a confluence of many factors. So I started out with scholarship money because I went to a new PT school and it was first opening. And I don't think people even knew that they had scholarships. So I used my writing knack to write a pretty compelling application for the scholarship and wound up getting it. And so that took a a big burden off. And because it was a newer program, we had reduced rates. And then I actually worked for, I'm trying to remember how many years it was. It was probably four or five years before I went back to PT school. And so during that time I would moonlight, I was a web designer, but I was also picking up freelance clients as a web designer. So I would take that money and earmark it for grad school because I kind of had a feeling I might go back for PT. And so when I went in, I just didn't have a whole lot of expenses to begin with. And so that was helpful. So my advice to people would be, I'm not an expert with paying off debt because I didn't have a lot. But with people who are considering the debt, there's a huge debt to income problem in our Mm -hmm. field. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I would say look for the cheapest school you can find or one where you get a good scholarship. Look for somewhere where you can live for free or for cheap and keep your costs low. A lot of my friends were going and getting manicures and things like that, not during PT school, but they were going shopping a lot and, and keep your costs low. Don't spend a lot of money because if you're already taking in a bunch of money, it's going to compound and be that much harder to pay off your debt. And then when you first get out of school, live lean, pretend like you never graduated and keep eating lentils from the slow cooker. (laughs) Or uh, my friends and I used to do the dollar meal law before I went to PT school and I was saving up for it. And I, we would have a contest where it was who could come up with the cheapest meal idea. And, and she ended up becoming a nurse and I became a PT, the main girl and I, but we would get a loaf of bread for a dollar and then an apple and, and some tuna fish. And then, yeah. And then we would basically just make a tuna sandwich and then eat the apple. And then we would make this thing called maple surprise, which is so, <laughs> it's basically just maple. It's just toast with butter and maple syrup. And the surprise is that it's good. And so, oh my God, oh my God, people, you don't have to do that. <laughs> that's a little, that's a little extreme. extreme. That's a little extreme, but no, those are such good <laughs> tips. Oh my gosh. But that's what helped me not have a lot of debt going in. Cause people were like, how did you, how do you do that? And it's like, well, I really have been, well, I ate tuna fish, <laughs> a lot of tuna fish and a lot of those, there's like dollar, you know, the loaf of bread that was only 99 cents. And it was probably, <laughs> I'm going to put that as my number one debt-free tip. Eat tuna fish. (laughs) Yes. And do maple surprise. Yes. Maple surprise. I'll I'll post that maple surprise recipe for everyone. (laughs) It is. um, It actually, I implore you to try it after this. It's, it's really good. I still sometimes oh will eat it. It's delicious. Oh my <laughs> goodness. You're too funny. You're too funny. But no, I, I agree. Oh my gosh. I agree a hundred percent with you. You know, I went to a very expensive physical therapy school and I think that the education was 
it was great. But when I came out, no one cared where I went to school. All they cared about was my experiences and what can I provide as a clinician and what were my skills. And so that big name didn't matter. And so I think that that's, that's really something that's just so important is, is, to budget and to plan. If you can afford that brand name school, go for it. But if you can't afford it, then you don't need it. I don't, I don't really think people need it because choose your internships wisely, choose your mentors wisely, and just try to learn because the, 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 what you're taught, you know, we're all taught the similar manual skills and you can, you can leave PT school and go and get amazing continuing education and really transform your life. Definitely. That's so true. That's so true. I think that so much of what we learn is in on ed and through our mentors and our clinicals. Honestly, it's funny because I'm not going to lie. My clinicals were, they were varied. Some were good. Yeah. Some were good. Some were not so good. And so, and I think that's everybody's experience. And um, not to say that my CIs weren't good, but a lot of it was just the setting or the patient load. And so that was, I think, really interesting to me because I put a lot of eggs in that basket thinking, oh, well, Uh, I went to a newer PT school, so I'll just get good clinicals. And then my clinicals were varied and I felt like I learned the most on the job once I got out and then through some con ed classes. And then I never had a mentor. I never had a dedicated mentor until recently where I have people that I feel like I can really turn to with questions. And that is something that I would say, please get that as soon as you get out of school and you know, it might be a paid relationship, but ideally it's, it's a situation where the person is just truly invested in you and just wants to see you succeed. And maybe, maybe it's someone who's a little bit older and sees them, sees a bit of themselves in you. And they're just invested in your success because that's really what you need is you need someone who can help you. And it doesn't necessarily need to be a clinical mentor. It can be a business mentor or a financial mentor or anything, but but from your, your point of getting out of debt, I think someone just needs to be guiding you along the way because if, if your goal is to be a master clinician in sports and ortho, tempting as it is to pay off your debt right away and take travel assignments, it might not be the right move. Whereas if somebody is saying, I want to be debt-free and then, then I will become a master clinician, they're going to have a very different set yes. of approaches. And, and having someone who's older and maybe made mistakes of their own or made good steps of their own just to help guide you is incredibly valuable. Oh my gosh. Well, I've just learned so much and you have just provided so much resources to our listeners. Tell us where we can get in touch with you, Meredith, uh, share your Facebook group, your website, and anything else you want to share. Sure. So the website itself is thenonclinicalpt.com. And then I do have a Facebook group. It's facebook.com slash thenonclinicalpt, all one word. I have an Instagram. I have a Twitter. And you also um, share the job link too, because you have the nonclinical jobs, right? Yes, thank you. I do. I have, and I'll share that because that's too long to say over over (laughs) audio, but I do have a job seekers group. I will actually have a group that's called non-clinical PT connections. And that's just a place for people to shoot around ideas and stay very, very positive in their search. It's, it's more of a networking group. And then I have a second group that's non-clinical job postings for rehabilitation professionals. And that's for PTs, PT assistants, OTs, 
CODAs and speech pathologists, and apparently they're speech pathology assistants. I was not aware of that until recently, but it's, it's welcome to anyone who's in the rehabilitation profession and wants to do something else with their degree. And I just post jobs in there as I find them. I'd say that the majority of them are ones that I find on Indeed, and they just look really cool. I get some from the APTA mailers. I get some from word of mouth. And then at one point, my awesome, awesome, awesome ex-rehab liaison job opened. So I posted that one on there. And and of course, it got filled quickly because it was, <laughs> it was a really good job. And then sometimes I'll find ones through recruiters. And so basically, anytime I come across anything, sometimes it'll be one that I say, this says nurse, but I know for a fact that if you sell yourself correctly, you can get this job. And so yeah. that's basically how I run that. And then you can either reach out personally for some of them, or you can just apply directly through the link. And then I also offer career coaching and assistance with resumes and cover letters and interview prep. And the the coaching element of it is really mostly just designed for people who go to the website. Maybe they've read every article on it and they're like, I still don't know what to do. So I've just designed a program where we, where we do some pre-work. So I send some homework, about an hour of work, and then send back their answers and what they found. And then we talk through a lot of different options and basically what makes sense for their personality type, for their strengths, for their interests, for where they live, for their financial situation. Mm-hmm. I end up on the phone with some people who are completely entrepreneurial and we, we talk about the steps to becoming an entrepreneur, the challenges. And so every case is kind of custom. And then some of the other things that I offer are really a lot of lists of coursework that I've learned through experience, through trial and error. Some of them I've taken myself, some other people have taken. And so I can recommend some coursework to get to certain paths. So if someone wants to become a user experience professional, yes, being an OT or an PT is a really great background, but a lot of times they just want to see something on your resume, like you went through a boot camp. And so then I'll recommend the top boot camps for that. And then same goes for some of the other specializations. And then there are a ton of spotlights of people. So when people have successfully transitioned out of patient care, not even fully, some people are very happy being partial clinical and partially mm-hmm. keeping a foot in the clinic. I just love to spotlight people who are doing unique things with their degrees. And so I actually consider the content, the articles and the resources to be the heart of the site rather than the career coaching, because most of what we're going to talk about on the phone there's somewhere on the site where it's covered. It's just the coaching element is for someone who wants that person to help guide them. It's kind of just like having a best friend going through it with them. And I've just coached a ton of people and quite a few of them have gone on to get these non-clinical jobs. So it's just been extremely fulfilling to do that. And Wow. Well, well, everyone check out Meredith's website, check out her Facebook groups. They are just super informative. And as you can tell, she truly wants to help you and truly wants to make a difference. So I'll put all the links in the show notes and just contact her with any questions you have. You can check out her website, look at those spotlights because I've read a lot of them and they are amazing. And you will get inspired to change your mindset and maybe become a non-clinical PT or OT or speech. (laughs) or any other allied health profession. Thank you so much, Meredith. It has been an honor to be on this call with you. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Therapist on Fire podcast. You can find the show notes and special offers for this episode and any other episode at debtfreept.com slash podcast. Our goal is to inspire and ignite your passion, and Meredith has just rocked this episode with her knowledge and experience. And as a special gift for listeners to jumpstart their non-clinical career, Meredith is generously giving 20% off her entire site. Just use the code DEBTFREEPT. And I'm not just saying this, Meredith's knowledge is just amazing. She has so much experience in all these different fields and working with her will really give you a step up in the non-clinical transition. So start your non-clinical career today. Once again, just use the code DEBTFREEPT And do you have a burning desire to become a non-clinical PT, entrepreneur, and leader in your industry? Then make sure to subscribe and like this podcast to hear more amazing episodes.